0: Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising As One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also, go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage. So you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show.
1: hey everyone
2: welcome to this edition of the rising is one podcast we figured that since we are playing louisville this week in the usl cup we should get someone on who knows their stuff about louisville and so today we have brian davis from bear crew podcast brian how are you doing
1: i'm great how are you
2: doing tonight doing good i mean we're still celebrating i don't think we'll stop celebrating until thursday night uh, so so we're good uh, Still tired from the bus trip that uh, we took over to OC, uh, but it, it was in celebration, so all good. Brought- How
1: far was that bus trip? I, I've heard about that a little bit. How far was that trip?
2: Well, it was scheduled to be about five and a half hours. Uh, it took us a good, probably seven. We got there about 45 minutes till kickoff. Um, so that was a little nerve wracking. We were supposed to get there about two hours before. Uh, the team had planned a huge tailgate for us uh, and we got there just in time. So a little nerve wracking. The win made it worth it, though.
1: Yeah, always worth that trip. That's fantastic. How many people did you guys have up there?
2: So the team was saying it was seven hundred. Uh, it, it was a little less than that. It was probably two sections worth of Orange County's uh, stadium. So I'd say probably three hundred fifty would be a solid count. But if you go back, are you,
1: yeah, if you go, are, back, you, su- are you suggesting that the USL team would inflate their attendance numbers? <laughs> well.
2: You know, I don't we, believe that. Phoenix here, yeah, we keep it pretty good, but uh, <laughs> that was estimated, probably, an estimated. <laughs> no, that's
1: still impressive for like a six or seven hour drive. I right? think that's awesome. That's uh, fantastic. Well yeah, done to you guys. Well yeah. well learned, Let's
2: put it that way. Well, and a big shout out to the team for pulling that all together. I mean, it was a free bus ride. Fans just had to worry about tickets. So, I mean, the uh, team deserves a pat on the back for that. That's cool. So, Brian, I just wanted to uh, start with uh, we were going to talk about Louisville City uh, defending USL champions, of course, from last year. If you can take us back to the beginning of the season, uh, end of the offseason, as as Louisville fans, what were you guys expecting for the team? Were you expecting a repeat? Did you think that the team uh, had done a good job to rebuild the squad? Uh, Were there any players that you thought were... uh, key losses that you think would you have trouble replacing?
1: No, well, and you know, and first of all, this is really important to understand is that nobody knows how to pronounce uh, my town. So it's Louisville. You have to really slur your, 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 uh, your L there when you do it. So there's, there's not an I involved, even uh, though you, that's how you spell. So sure yeah, good, good luck. When I talk to somebody like about my credit card, they're like, where do you live? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so, you know, going into the offseason, you know, the biggest loss, the biggest name loss we had was Mark Anthony Kay, who is a Canadian international, who is playing with uh, Bob Bradley at LAFC. Uh, He's been on the MLS Play Team of the Week a couple times. Uh, He played as a winger for us uh, and played more as a, uh, he's actually been converted to more of a holding midfielder. Um, with, uh, with, with LAFC, uh, other than that, you know, we didn't see a lot of turnover. So we're really excited about that. I think, uh, I, I, it was a little surprising. I actually thought we'd lose a few more people. Um, but he was the biggest guy that we lost. Um, you know, and then last year, you know, we were very much a goal by committee type team, Mm -hmm. So there's always a concern, you know, when you have midfielders scoring 10 goals, can they duplicate that? Can they do that again? And, you know, and and Mark Anthony Kaye, he's a great guy. and He's a very dynamic player. And we thought we'd lose some stuff with him being, you know, and we've always had a shorter roster too. We don't carry a large roster. And so when you lose a player of that caliber and you always wonder, you know, can the next the next guy up can he put up this many goals and I, I think that was the biggest concern going into the season was what can we do um offensively uh we did have Sean Reynolds who played at uh St. Louis who moved over there uh in the offseason is a great guy one of, the, one of my favorite players that we've ever had here and so there was a little bit of concern in that back line but you know I, I think the general plan is we can pass that where the goals are
3: going to come from.
2: All right. And so take, take us through now. Um, if you can just give us a brief, uh, you know, regular season summary, uh, and maybe point out some of the highs and the lows for the team, how did the season flow for
1: you guys, uh, as a whole? Uh, yeah, it it was a crazy season. Uh, I've been a soccer fan for a while. You know, they'll say this is our fourth year and, um, things were moving along and we thought okay we're, we're playing really well things are going well and, you know just like any team you have ups and downs during the season you know somebody asked me earlier today did you guys think you guys were going to be in the championship uh, you know you get those points in the season where maybe you're not playing as well and you get those lulls mm-hmm. well things were going pretty well uh we were playing in the open cup uh and we beat new england uh, with Brad, uh, Brad Friedel was coaching them and absolutely drilled them at Lynn Stadium, which is where the game's going to be on Thursday night. And uh, we thought, you know, things are going really well and we're, we're in good shape. And then Coach O'Connor, James O'Connor was our head coach. Uh, he's, he built this roster. He has shaped this roster. And he accepts a job at Orlando City. So if you don't know much about us, we were originally the Orlando City USL franchise. Uh, we had some ownership overlap. So when Orlando became an MLS team, they were able to transfer. And I don't know if that's the right term, but basically move that franchise to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally we were going to be a affiliate of Orlando city, but that actually ended halfway through the first season. So we have no affiliation with any, any, M, uh, MLS team or anybody else. Um, But anyway, so James went back to his roots. That's where he he got his coaching start. That's where he finished playing for an Irishman. He's originally from, he played, he's a bit of a legend at Stoke. But, you know, he went back to one of the few MLS jobs he's ever gotten. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of the first USL coaches to ever be taken straight from USL to MLS. So, uh, you know, that's a big deal. And that says a lot about him. Not only as a coach, but as an individual and his character and all that kind of the, all all the stuff that goes with it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he's, he's a great guy, he really is. We're, we're huge fans of him, Um And I think you know he took the assistant coach here. He took our goalie coach, and so we were very much left with nobody to coach the team. Mm-hmm. And I think the ownership. Very much didn't. Well, I don't want to say they were blindsided, but I'm not sure they expected that to happen, especially midseason in the middle of an Open Cup run. And so we had uh, what we call the triumvirate, which were uh, Claudio Piccolo, who is our captain, who was our captain last year, who's a holding midfielder, uh, George Davis, who uh, is uh, a winger for us and has been around USL for many years. Uh, a little bit older as far as you know, USL ages go. And then Luke Spencer, who is a older guy that plays on our team, who had gone out with a knee injury earlier in the year, and we thought Luke would, was, was going to be our primary goal scorer. Uh, anyway, so uh, Luke Luke gets injured, and so Luke is more of the head coach with the triumphant, you know, making coaching decisions. And I want to say that went on for I, I'd have to see the stats, but. You know, no. less than ten games, but more than three or four. So somewhere in that, that gives you an idea.
2: Yeah, it was. I I looked it up earlier. It was. Uh, they said for seven games, uh, almost just about a month and a half worth of time. Yeah. Um, and it, by all looks, it, they were pretty successful during those uh, seven games. Um, surprisingly
1: successful. You know, for for a fan base that is pretty new to this whole you know soccer thing. Um, there's a lot of things. Uh, but I, I think they performed better than we expected, to be honest with you. If you had told me that that was the record after the seven games, uh, I want to say they won three or four. Uh, obviously, you've done more research on this than I have, uh, but uh, they definitely helped serve, if nothing else, and we were definitely in the top half of the table, sitting first or second. You know, the challenge in the East is that there's always Cincinnati lurking around, uh, and Cincinnati has dumped a ton of money into their team. Uh, full disclosure: We don't like Cincinnati, and we're happy they're gone. But we really, we really beat up on them over the few years, and we very much own them, uh, which is fun considering the, uh, the the dollars that went into the roster. Um, anyway, so so that was going on, and then uh, you know there's a coaching search going on, and, you know, and you get all the different things that go into that, and then uh, John Hackworth is, is announced. And uh, I, I think there was a level of excitement, especially with his pedigree, having coached the under-17s. Um, when you look at, uh, and just so you know, I, I'm a huge U.S. national team fan. I traveled to quite a few of the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing the pedigree of the, of the players that he's coached and helped develop through that under-17 level was uh, pretty exciting. When you talk about guys like Logan Logan Sargent, um, when you talk about Tyler Adams, you're talking about uh, Weston McKinney. Uh, Christian Kulisic. I mean, these are these are guys that are going to be, I think, great players for the U.S. national team. And he's had a, he's had a hand in developing those guys. So I think it was a big gift. Uh, when he first came on, there was definitely some rough waters. Uh, I, I think that's to be expected. But our fan base is, you know, we're very lucky and blessed to have been in the Eastern Conference Championship game every year of our existence. Uh, we lost to um, – you know, uh, historically great Rochester team the first year of our existence. We lost to a historically great New York Red Bulls team the second year of our existence. And then we won the title last year and then, you know, this year. So we were a little spoiled and we got a little, it got a little rough waters, but he's definitely uh, figured out a shape and a style to play with our guys that uh, plays well. And uh, obviously we are playing the best that we've been playing all season long. And the results are certainly showing that.
2: Yeah, so, did, so when Hackworth came in first, w- was that a surprise name to you guys? You know,
1: uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't expect to get a name that I went, oh, yeah, that's the guy I thought it was going to be. I mean, let's be honest. We played it. We're we playing in the second division of yeah. the United States. We're playing in USL soccer. So I had no expectations that this was going to be a name person that I knew who it was. Okay. Um, having said that, Uh, after knowing who it was, he's about as big a name I would think that a USL team could get other than, you know, recycling certain other coaches. Sure. Uh, yeah, if that makes sense. I know it sounds a little weird.
2: Yeah. So, so when he came in, uh, was there a style change Did he, did he try to implement his own thing or did he just let, uh, the team play as it were and, uh, just fix,
1: uh, those small problems? Uh, You know, a little bit of both. Um, He came in at a really crowded point when we were playing in the Open Cup. We had a lot of, you know, our schedule gets really crowded Mm -hmm. in July, um, in August, uh, due to, you know, scheduling conflicts. We played a baseball stadium and all that stuff, plus the Open Cup. So he definitely came in at a point with his really congested schedule, so I'm not sure how much he had the ability to implement what he wanted to do right away. Um, I would say the biggest change that we've had is that before we were playing a, uh, a three-man back line with a pair of wingbacks. And now we've gone to a much more traditional four-man back line. Um, I, think that's the, I think that's the biggest stylistic change that we've seen. Uh, and we've got a pair of wingbacks that like to bomb forward, but they've got to be a lot more dis- disciplined in their, in their attack since he's been on board.
2: Sure. That sounds a lot like Phoenix, actually. So, with Louisville, am I saying it right now? Louisville.
1: You're, you're much closer. It's hard to do. You have to live right, a couple all of right. years. I'll learn. And you get past it. Don't worry about it. You, my roommates like, will be, give you too much grade.
2: My roommates will be disappointed. They went to college here, and so they they've been trying to teach me all week. But uh, <laughs> it's not easy. No, no. So, talk about a second. Uh, the team's style of play. You, you talked about it a little bit already, but if you can go into more in-depth about the style of play, what are the team's
1: strengths and uh, weaknesses we should be watching for? Um, you're going to see a really stout back line. That's the first thing. Your your central defender, your goalie, um, Greg radinson is a, a Trinidadian-Canadian dual international. Uh, and so he's eligible to play for both. He's had a couple truck calls to Trinidad, but never actually played with him. Uh, he was actually the third keeper on the roster for the uh, debacle in Trinidad that I was at, uh, you may have heard about October of last year. Oh, uh, yeah, I got to—I actually got to see him after the game. He's like, "Sorry, we lost." It. <laughs> like, you have no idea what just happened. Like, they had no idea. Uh, but that's own story for another time. Uh, but Greg is the uh, athletic. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say you know cat-like reflexes is overused, but he is a—he a, is an, a very athletic goalie. Um, in front of him, you've got, uh, the outside backs are going to be Kyle Smith and Oscar Jimenez. Uh, both of those guys can run all day long. I think Oscar Jimenez is maybe the most underrated player in the USL. Uh, he has got a, he is a, a phenomenal cross of the ball. Um, he'll score a couple goals here and there, but, uh, he's a heck of a good player. And, uh, Kyle Smith is, is one of the most aggressive, uh, backs you'll see. Um, the center backs are got Paco Craig and Alexis Swahy who are both big guys. Um, they're not, you know, there a lot of times in, and I don't know if you guys see this in the West, but certain teams will pack guys with these six, four monsters that don't really move around that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if that sounds familiar in the center, um, these guys are both bigger guys, you know, they're both six feet, six, two, six, three, maybe ish. Um, but they both have great mobility. They're very good in the air. Um, uh, it's a tough line to break through You know, you, you get opportunity. Um, We, we, There's a reason our goal different. a lot of goals. Yeah. Uh, in front of that, um, uh, expect to see a pair of holding midfielders, Paulo de Piccolo, who you guys know a little bit about. Um, he's actually from the university. He actually played here. This player there, uh, assist leader at the university of Louisville, um, He's more of a destroyer type role. He's going to be the captain. Um, he's watched uh, anytime anybody gets fouled anywhere, he's yelling at everybody on the field. Uh, he's a very emotional guy. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he's gotten as few yards as he's gotten this year. It's a, it's a matter of uh, disbelief to me. Uh, and then in the center, the, you know, the other pair in the past, we've had more of like a, like a double pivot. Think of, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't want to say Barcelona because that, that gives us too much credit, but you've got two real holding midfielders. Yeah, That's the other place that uh, Hackworth has changed where um, now McCabe, the cave, who's more of a attacking kind of midfielder, is the other pairing there. So it's a little bit of difference. Um, he's definitely a feisty player. He'll put his foot in, but it's not the same kind of like sitting back, protecting the back line kind of player. Uh, Then the the front three, you'll see the midfielders in front of that. You'll probably see Brian Ownby, who is uh, a really pacey guy, um, who's going to put a lot of stress on your left back. Uh, You'll see uh, George Davis on the other side, very experienced, also going to put a lot of stress on your left back. And then um, we don't really know what the injury situation with Cameron Lancaster. Um, If Cam can't go, you'll see Luke Spencer, who's very much a battering ram. Uh, no, a great guy, but it's definitely batting <laughs> So that's kind of what – I mean, And I know you wanted to hear highlights, but that's what you can expect to see from us, and I don't expect to see – oh, and I'm sorry, Ill- 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 Illich will be the uh, like a more of a number 10 role. Um, I know I was forgetting somebody. So I, I think that's what you can expect to see. And if, if you set start, start a starting lineup outside of those 11 guys, I'd be stunned. All right. And so as Phoenix
2: fans, what – What should we look for as far as Phoenix attacking Louisville? What what does Louisville falter sometimes? Uh, And if Phoenix was to come out ahead, what what do you think the reasons for that would be?
1: Um, I think a little bit. You're going to have to catch this on the break. I think you're going to um, have to catch Oscar Kyle, those outside backs, getting a little too far advanced. Um, you're gonna have to catch Nile, the other holding midfielder, getting a little too far up the field. Um, I think that's your best opportunity is to catch us on the break. I think if 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 it's more of a you know work around type of situation, I think we're probably going to possess the ball significantly more than you guys will. Um, uh, with especially with it being at home, uh, I, I think that's a fair expectation. And I think if you guys can catch something on the break, that's going to be your best opportunity.
2: Well, Phoenix fans will like that because that's actually exactly our style. Uh, we've only held 30% possession in each of the past two playoff games. so we. Oh, great. I we, love hearing that. That makes me so <laughs> we, happy about this. We don't mind sitting back. We, uh, we love the counter, we love to get up the field quick. And so uh, that's music to our ears, hopefully. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, that's, that's, that's where you're going to, that's your best shot. At. If it's more of a build up play, Uh, I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky, but, um, when we get time to set, you know, we get, and I'm not saying that on the counter, we're not, we're not good at defending, Mm -hmm. but if you let us set up that, that block of six guys and let it, it, they're, they're pretty, they're a pretty tough nut to crack. It's a, it's a tough group of players to get through. Well, awesome. I want to ask you,
2: you, you mentioned the Lancaster injury, uh, if he if he's unable to go, how how does that impact your team other than, you know, Spencer stepping in? What what does the team lose when Lancaster is not on the field?
1: Um, you know, we've been lucky with guys attacking players. You know, we Matt Bondi was here the first year, set the set the USL record for goal score that Lancaster broke this year. Um, Lancaster's a four year player with us, and this is you know he is burst onto the scenes this year. This is a guy that was a a former Tottenham player. Um, And I I think maybe not in the run of play as much as we'll miss. And I think you will miss certain things with his confidence. I think um, we'll we'll miss a little bit of ability in uh, dead ball situations. Um, I think you'll expect to see if Cam's not playing when there's situations where it's okay to shoot. I think you might see Oscar shoot a little bit. Oscar Jimenez taking a lot of those, but uh, Cam's confidence level—he's he's taking free kicks from thirty thirty-five yards out, and putting them in goal, which is which is pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, some of his—if they show some of his highlight goals—are they're—they're—he's uh, the most confident player, and he also plays up that confidence that I've seen in uh, that I've seen in four years. His confidence is is astounding.
2: Awesome. but well, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. I know a lot of our fans uh, like to go back and watch other teams' games uh, just, to, just to get a sampling of what they might see. Uh, I want to ask you, if you had to pick one or two of Louisville's best matches this year, which ones would you recommend we watch to get the full picture of the team?
1: Oh,
2: you're breaking up on me a little
1: bit. Can you hear me okay?
2: Yeah, sorry. Uh, okay. With Louisville, uh, some of our fans uh, like to go back and watch uh, some of the team's games uh, before we play them just to get a picture of what we might see. If you had to pick one or two matches this year uh, where Louisville just played their best, played lights out, which matches would you pick uh, or recommend us to watch?
1: I mean, hell, I'd I'd probably tell you to watch just because it'll keep you guys up at night. Watch that game from Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> or Friday, I'm sorry, Friday. Um, now I remember most of it, but I was really enjoying myself. Uh, wife and I had wife and I had overnight sitters. so anyway, um, but we were having a good time. But uh, you know, New York Red Bulls came out, and Cam got interest got injured early on. Um, we gave up a penalty early on, and then um, they really turned it up, and we ended up winning five one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think. Uh, you know, you had Speedy Williams, who came off the bench. Who, you know, who if I would put the team together, I would start him as a holding midfielder. Uh, and he had a brace. And this is the guy that doesn't really score a lot of goals. And uh, they re- we really put it on the Red Bulls this past week. And that's a good team. That New York Red Bulls two team is, it was somebody that we were really worried about going to the going into that game. And um, and they really put it on. I mean, five one in a. In a a conference final like that is, is pretty astounding, to be honest
3: with
2: you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just watched the highlights. I, I'm I'm planning on going back and watching the full game, but even just the highlights or, uh, you know, caught my breath a couple of times thinking about what's going to happen Thursday. Um, Speaking, speaking of Thursday, uh, this match uh, is taking place not at your normal home field, but at, uh, am I correct, it's Lynn Stadium? That's correct. So, tell us, from, from a fan's perspective, when you heard that news, uh, what were your guys' thoughts? Um, is that a good move uh, as a whole uh, for your team, for the fans? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely there's a pros and cons
1: with it. Um, the downside to playing Slugger is that there are Um, turf issues. It's a baseball stadium. It's a a stadium that is used for baseball. So the infield area is a little um, troublesome. Uh, There's a turf monster there, if you will, uh, which a lot of times actually plays into our advantage because our guys kind of get a feel for how to play there because they play half the season. Other teams come in and maybe don't know how to get their footing there and there's an adjustment going from grass to turf. Mm -hmm. Um, As a soccer fan, uh, and I think last year, uh, I think there was a big contingent of um, coaching and, and players that wanted to play the game at Lynn Stadium. Mm-hmm. Lynn's where the University of Louisville plays. Uh, they normally seat about 3,500. I expect seating to get somewhere around 7,500 to 8,000. Uh, it'll certainly be a sellout if it's not already sold out. Um scalpers will be out selling tickets, which is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh at least for somebody that's got tickets. I think it's fun. But uh I think the downside is instead of getting fourteen thousand there, we're gonna have eighty, five hundred. Um I know the beer lines are gonna be terrible because they were terrible during the open cup, but for a soccer fan, it's a better setup. It's an actual soccer field with this the width and the depth that you want from a game. When we play at Slugger. It is a condensed field, it's smaller, it's not as wide, and we play very much a possession kind of game. And I actually think for our team, even though you're losing 6,000 voices behind you. Mm
2: -hmm. And you guys are getting that new stadium, is it, in two years, right? We'll play next year at
1: Slugger, one more year at Slugger, and then all signs point to us being able to, to open the 2020 season at the new stadium. Awesome. Which is obviously we're ecstatic about.
2: Yeah, it's awesome to see even you know teams at USL level get their own place, and uh, from all the pictures I've seen, it, it it'll look fantastic.
1: Yeah, it should be a big deal. I mean, we're we're obviously excited about it. You know, they, they had the groundbreaking and all the stuff that goes into it this year. Now I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I drive by every once in a while because it's close to downtown, mm-hmm. uh, and we see cranes out and you see construction going on. Like, okay. This is really—it's one thing to just level ground. Now you're talking about actually putting pieces of metal in the ground. It's pretty
2: exciting. Awesome. Well, I want to just wrap up with one thing. Uh, Obviously, two teams haven't played before. uh, You know, since since the West and East don't uh, cross very often. So I just wanted to get uh, your perspective of Phoenix uh, as a team, as a fan base. what What do you know, uh, what do you expect, just off
1: the cuff, uh, about the team uh, as a whole? Well, well, first of all, I'm going to give you some opinions. Uh, they are not researched, they are not <laughs> representative of the entire fan base, and I sure as hell don't want to go on Reddit later tonight and read people telling me about how I don't know damn things. <laughs> if we can agree on that, I'll give you some opinions. Is that fair? Oh, that's fair. Okay, um, you know, I think, uh, I, you know, I know about the pop-up stadiums you guys had, the pop-up stadium you had, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool thing, I really did, and uh, I like the Phoenix Rising name, I think that's really cool, um, I think, you know, there's a, a lot of people here locally that are more concerned that the, 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 the storylines are, it's Drogba's last professional game, not... Hey, look at this team that is owned, I don't want to say owned, it sounds arrogant, but look at this team that's really been extraordinarily successful in USL the last four years. Uh, and I think there is a concern with fan base that that's going to overshadow the conversation about the team. Uh, and, and it's legitimate. Um, but I think the Drago thing is fun. I think it brings great international attention. I think it's really hilarious that, that uh, Didier Drago, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, is going to wrap up his pro career in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I think that I think that's fun. I don't care who you are. I think that's really. And by the way, I don't like Chelsea at all, so I think it's really fun. Um,
2: you know that that's I, great. That's going to be a great trivia question. That's going to be.
1: No one's. Going we're going to win a lot of bets uh, <laughs> over that. Uh, I'm actually going to be in London in a couple of weeks for the U.S. game, and I'm actually going to bring up that conversation and see how many how many pints I can win off that. <laughs> Where did Vidya Drogba play his last professional soccer? Game. Uh, but you know, you know. Other than that, we don't know a lot about him. I know, you know. It seems like Phoenix is one the those teams, you know, for us that we want to do well. It's, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the the the, the name, the pop up stadium bit, which I thought was a really cool thing, and then Dragba, that that's kind of all we know. Yeah, um, I think. On a a fan's perspective, if I'm looking out, I'm thinking the fact that we've got an extra day's rest, your guys have to travel all the way from Phoenix to Louisville, is a massive advantage for us. And I could be wrong, but I I think it's going to be, you know, soccer's a physical game, if you're playing it right, I think it's going to be a huge disadvantage for you guys and a huge advantage for us.
2: I see that. There has been a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say concern or worry, but... Uh, the fans have definitely been thinking of that, and and we like to think in Phoenix that you know we have one of the better training stacks uh, in the USL as far as recovery, as far as medical, uh, which has allowed us to bring even you know MLS players in as low knees because those teams trust that that we can take care of their guys. Um, right. Yeah, the the extra day, and you know, the team flying out uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, and so, yeah, there is a little bit of worry. And, you know, the weather conditions in Kentucky aren't going to be what this team is used to at all. Um, whether or not that makes a difference, we'll see on Thursday. Shouldn't be
1: too bad. I think I saw it's going to be in the mid 50s. Okay. It didn't look like it's going to rain. I, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a fun night. Uh, and, you know, again, this is, you know, Kentucky in November, so let's understand where we are. But, <laughs> um, the fact you know it's raining outside my house right now, but I don't think it's going to be raining. It looks like it's going to be a pretty pleasant evening. So uh, that that may be a big that may be something you guys should be thankful for because you know you, you trust me you, you don't want the uh, you don't want the thirty degree rainy rainy wet uh, weather that we can have here this time of year.
2: It's <laughs> so all you can ask for is uh, a clear playing field. So, Brian, I want to thank you uh, for hopping on with us, uh, for educating us uh, about Louisville and their season. I do want to end on one thing. Uh, If you can fill in the blank for me, uh, Louisville will win the U.S. Cup if...
1: We play our game. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to be – I hate to be that blunt, but I think unless unless we lose some composure – um I, I think we and I hate saying this when I'm on here because, you know, again this all Reddit threads happen and stuff, but I, I think we have a you know, with the the uh turnaround issue that you guys have to deal with, um with the uh a lot of the same guys that we won the title with last year. Um and again, it's hard to gauge how good you guys are versus how good we are. You know, it's really tough because no way plays head to head. Mm-hmm. But I know that it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough out for you. If you guys pull this off, hey, more power to you. But I think, um, I think it's hard to justify uh, anything other than us, uh, us winning. And I hate to be so blunt. I hope people don't get mad at me, and I don't mean to be that arrogant. I don't mean to sound that way. But there's just, you know. Um, it's gonna to be a tough. One. let's put this way. Let's put it that
2: way. And, and that's all we can ask for really in a USL cup. Yeah absolutely. So thank you uh, Brian where can people uh, find you on Twitter and find uh, barrel proof on Twitter?
1: So you can find the barrel proof podcast at barrelproof FC. Um, you can find me on Twitter only if you mean to say nice things uh, <laughs> at B. at at, uh, B underscore doing, D-O-I-N-G underscore work uh, on the Twitter. Um, And you'll see me post some things. And, you know, I I do a lot of travel with U.S. soccer. I'm a big U.S. soccer fan uh, in addition to Little City fan So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about Thursday. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk with us.
1: my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Mark. You guys have a good one. Good luck to
0: you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Hello, this is Dominic with the Rising as One podcast, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Mike Watts, who is all over the place broadcasting matches, CONCACAF matches, USL matches. And on Thursday, he will be broadcasting the USL Cup final on ESPN2. How are you doing, Mike?
3: Doing great. Can't wait for Thursday at 8 p.m. I just want to get going. I'm so excited about the match and the game, and thanks for having me. Oh,
0: of course. Everyone is excited out here in Phoenix. It's palpable. I mean, you you called the game on Saturday, too. Did you see all those fans out there in Orange County?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody could have missed them. Um, I've never seen traveling support like that in USL. I've seen good traveling support before, but nothing like that. See them. Surrounded after the game, I mean, you know, how far this franchise has come in three years that that I've covered the league is absurd. I'm I'm so happy for the fans out there.
0: Well, we appreciate it, and we're looking forward to this just as much as you are. Um, But before we get (laughs) into that, what were your thoughts on Phoenix Rising's performance in that match on Saturday?
3: Yeah, I thought they did a really good job handling a lot of them. You know, the midfield didn't have the outsized impact that you would anticipate. Um, I thought they sort of dug in and, and dropped their lines a little bit, played a little tight to the, to the vest, but you know, they, they took a two, uh, you know, a second minute lead, a, you know, a Cortez goal that, um, you know, we, we had heard from Rick shots that transition was going to be key and they were able to hit two minutes into the game. It just changed the whole thing. So you know, it'd be easy to sit here and say, um, you know, that, that they're lucky they scored, but you, you create your own breaks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I thought they, they played it out really well. There's a reason they've won 21 games this year when they score first with only two losses and two draws. They can get ahead and, and, and stay ahead, and they did that against Orange County.
0: And I think the thing that impressed me so much about that match is both those goals and on the defensive end, there were so many hustle plays. Almost every player on that pitch was given before in a rising kid. I mean, would you yeah, say that that's fair? Yeah. Like the defense blocking all those shots, both goals, and any one of the players involved in the goal could have given up earlier in the buildup.
3: Yeah, you know, I just think um, the the playoff atmosphere of the occasion has really stood out. I think the one question I had for Phoenix is how well they play when they um, aren't challenged enough, and I felt like in this. You know this cup final, this this conference final. They felt challenged and they came out and and gave the best account of themselves. So yeah, it I don't think that's off base at all. Those block shots were were enormous. I mean everybody, um, was playing at the top of their game in terms of effort. No question about that.
0: Well, switching gears a little bit to this USL Cup, um, we're going against the defending champs. It's going to be on their home field, just like it was last year when they. Uh, ended up getting a late winner against Swell Park. So do you consider them the favorites going into this match?
3: Yeah, so they're at Lynn Stadium, which is a little bigger field in terms of dimensions and and obviously the surface. So I don't think that their possession game is going to be as held up as it was in the final last year. Um, I I, I almost view this as a toss-up. It's a, a matchup of contrasting styles, I think, slightly contrasting personnel. Um, are they the favorite? I think home field gives them an element of that. Yeah. Um, but I think think Phoenix this year, they've won 10 games on the road for a reason. They're, They're pretty comfortable wherever they go with the level of talent they have. So, you know, I don't think Phoenix is a giant underdog, but you know, if you want to say Louisville gets the home field advantage, that's about right.
0: Yeah. And the question that's on everyone's minds in regard to this game is what is the status on Cameron Lancaster? And how much of an impact does he make on the outcome here?
3: Yeah, so I don't have any inside info. I wish I did. I think our whole production team kind of wishes we did. And same with Cortez. You know, we just don't know exactly what the, the impact is going to be come Thursday. It's a real short turnaround. Um, and what it looked like with Cam certainly didn't look good. But you know, I've seen crazier things happen. I've seen Paul Pierce in a wheelchair come out of the locker room. So. Who am I to judge? But um, he, he's enormous for them in a lot of ways. I mean, he stretches defenses out. You you really can't sit back because he can shoot from anywhere. Um, on set pieces, I think he was the most, if not you know, top two or three, most lethal free kick takers in the league. So he gives you that added element. And then just as a goal scorer, I mean, this guy you know came up at Tottenham alongside Harry Kane, and, and he debuted in the Premier League, and you know, injuries have taken their toll, and it appears that they did again, and you know, you're, you're disappointed for the guy, for sure, because he's worked so hard to get to this point, and he scored 25 goals this year, so, yeah, it's a big loss if he can't play, no doubt about it.
0: Didier Drogba has four playoff goals in four Phoenix Rising playoff matches. Will that streak continue on Thursday?
3: Um... Yeah, I, I think there's a real chance of that. He, he always does find a way to, to pen his own story in these kinds of games. I mean, I, I can't help but think, you know, obviously a different level, but the Champions League final that he played in at the end of his Chelsea career, he just always knows how to pull the curtain down. So, you know, look, it, soccer's a cruel game. There are times where, you know, you, you're sure a guy's going to get a goal and he doesn't come away with one, but... It just feels like he's playing at a level right now and with a motivation right now to, to go put his imprint on this final. I would borderline be surprised if he didn't score.
0: Well, that's, that's comforting to hear from our perspective, and yet <laughs> it still seems like Louisville City is the favorite in your eyes and in most people's eyes, just gauging social media around the league. Uh, what are the keys for Phoenix to come away with this win? Because, you know, quite frankly, I think we are the underdog. I think against Orange County, it was a very, very tight match, and we just got that one moment of magic to get us over the line. But uh, Louisville City is the defending champs for a reason. So how do we get this win?
3: Yeah, so let's start with this. Louisville's won nine in a row. They've conceded five goals in that span, and they've only allowed one goal in, in five games. They haven't allowed multiple goals. So step one is you got to find a way to defend what Louisville does best, and you know you think back to three months ago, with James O'Connor, and you would say Kavon Lambert cutting off long diagonal balls that, that go you know one two lines down the field um, is going to be really significant to slow down a Kyle Smith and an Oscar Jimenez. But as those two have moved into a four back system and out of a three four three and sort of dropped in a little further well, now they get forward a little more Louisville's more able to connect passes. Um, not that they weren't able to do that previously, but, um, so, you know, Louisville sort of changed their style a little bit and there is an element of them sort of being a moving target right now. They've found a system that they really like where, you know, they sort of have Del Piccolo is, is alone holding mid and two guys out in front of him. Illich is playing his best ball of his career. McCabe is in the best form of his career um I, I think you could say that about probably four or five, six players on the field for, for Louisville City. Um, all that in mind, you know, y- you need to find a way to go get pace at their outside backs. And that's sort of where the loss of Cortez can change things because you just don't know how they're going to to move guys around to make up for that. If you move Drogba forward and move solo from the wing to a number ten, that could change things. Um but you know, like if, if JJ can have a significant role, if Asante can get up and down, it's gonna make it really hard for Louisville to do the things that make them most successful. So I think that's one key area that, that I have in mind.
0: Besides Cameron Lancaster, who are two Louisville City players that rising fans should be aware of, should be looking out for in this match?
3: <laughs> um, well, let's start with this. If Cam doesn't go, you're probably talking about Luke Spencer uh, as the starter. And he's he's a very different player, fantastic in holdup, um, will come back and get the ball and allow players to, to move to both sides of him. Um, you know, the leading scorer from last year's team, when Cameron was hurt for most of the year, Cam scored the game-winning goal in the final, but, you know, Luke all year long provided this, this significant presence that sort of battered um, center back. So, you know, how does he match up with a guy like Tristan Blackman, who's still a little young, um, not quite Luke's size or or physicality um, from what I've seen. How does that play out? Um, So Luke is, is obviously one guy. Um, I, I always look at Oscar Jimenez and the role he can play at outside back because he can push forward. And he does oftentimes, give good service on corners and free kicks from distance and makes that pretty difficult. But the two guys um, that, that are playing in their best form right now might be Niall McCabe, who sort of moved into an eight role and, and played just fantastic ball for the last month. And Brian Omby was injured all year. He scored three goals in the playoffs last year, and he's picked it back up this year after dealing – but with a lower body injury for the majority of the season so he's finally healthy he didn't score in the regular season he's got three goals now three assists now so you know all right now brian O'Mby is playing well you know if those two play well i think it's gonna be really hard for phoenix to go to louisville and get a result
0: um well that's that's really great stuff Sorry for the background noise there. Uh, Long story short, I didn't have the chance to make it quite back home after work today. Um, But um, let's move to something a little bit different. This is the first time a USL Cup has ever been broadcast on ESPN2. How excited are you to be reaching out to a bigger audience? And what does that say about this league and its future?
3: You know, I think it says ESPN sees a lot of value in the USL and deservedly so. I think it's a lot of big markets that, that have been underserved by the game for a long time for a variety of reasons. And the fact that ESPN is, is kind of willing to put us in this kind of window in prime time um, it is really telling. Um, all that said, um, you know, I, I'm excited. I know Devin Kerr and, and uh, you know, our, our whole team is excited to you know get to Louisville and just try and tell the story of this game because there's this you know desire to tell everybody who, who maybe doesn't watch year round, hey Didier Drogba playing in this game the same way when the Patriots play you're going to hear a lot about Tom Brady but and you also want to tell the stories of these teams and what they've accomplished to get here both new head coaches uh, during the year one in interim who, who's you know conceivably kind of fighting for his job in this game and. You know, we'll start with 22 and with, you know, 28 players that, you know, are, have the chance to have the biggest moment of their career um, or or maybe the most satisfying moment of their career in this game. So, yeah, it's it's a great opportunity for the league. You know, personally, I, I, I hoped that we get a final similar to this. You know, there's five or six teams in my mind where I'm kind of going, I hope I get them. And I wanted both of these, too. So. You know, I'm, I'm just uh, excited to kick off because I think fans are going to be treated to a really excellent game.
0: I can't agree more. Uh, Louisville and Phoenix, you were talking about this on Twitter the other day, saying that um, this is... Well, you were saying off-air that this is the toughest USL Cup to call, and would it be fair to say this is also the one that you're most excited to call? Um,
3: yeah yeah i would say so and and it's not that i wasn't excited in rochester my first cup um which was really my first big break into play-by-play broadcasting out of college and and the fact they took a shot at, at having me do that as early as they did is a great testament to the usl kind of trusting me to to be a voice for them um but you know all of them are unique um you know the next one is always the most exciting I, I see all loads of potential in this game um to, to, to be something special for fans to, to grab hold of for for me to remember for the rest of my life so yeah it, it's tough but it, it's fun i mean i'm just what, what a matchup. the storylines are incredible the, the venue is great it's going to be a phenomenal crowd I'm, a, I'm i'm looking forward to seeing a sellout i know some phoenix fans are going it's going to be an atmosphere and no, that that's really special for me.
0: I I'm loving the excitement on your end because obviously there's excitement excitement over here. Do you have any questions uh, for me and for you know maybe Phoenix fans in general going into this match?
3: Uh, you know what what's lucky for me is is I work daily with Tyler Terrens and Devin Kerr and. Uh, you know, I got to call the games on your view, Arizona last year and, and Tyler and Devin sort of took over this year and, you know, talk about two guys who, who bleed for that team um, in the sense that, you know, they're just they're invested every day. Um, so I'm kind of lucky um, in the sense that I uh, that, that I kind of have like the ultimate experts at my beck and call all the time. But uh, um, yeah, I guess, guess the biggest question is how you going to keep your heart rate down for the next four days.
0: Well, I would imagine a little bit of alcohol will be involved. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are actually going to the Cup Final in Louisville. Uh, the timing won't really work out for me personally, but the team is doing a watch party at the stadium, which just another way that this ownership group just goes all out for these fans. I think that's so incredibly cool. So uh, I will be over there for sure. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if the uh, crew for ESPN 2 will be able to get a camera out at the watch party. But I think if they're able to do that and if they're able to get shots at that watch party, that would be pretty neat.
3: Yeah, I mean, for, for sure, we're going to be looking for Phoenix fans in the stands. It's one of those things where, um, you know, we're just trying to show this game in the best way we can. And, and maybe that's one way we can do it. And, you know, we, we've been talking about this for two weeks before we even had finalists. And how we want to make this game feel big, feel important, feel like a cup final, because there are people that maybe aren't familiar with Phoenix or or Louisville that are going to get their first taste of it. And and we want them to know, you know, what what this means and what this is, you know, just by tuning in and and seeing the first 10 seconds. Um, And, and, you know, you you look at what the ownership group has done there and the, the crowds they got for the last three games that they were there are all among the top five they've ever had in franchise history. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's incredible that they're getting a watch party there and that people are going to go be on that pitch and, you know, they, they could be celebrating at the end of the night and, and that's going to be unforgettable stuff for them. Although I do ask, you know, make sure you turn your TV on on the way out, you know, help help us out a little bit, put a few extra TVs on, the, on ESPN too and. <laughs> <laughs> help us out there too because uh, you know we. we I, I want the numbers I'm, I'm here for the numbers
0: <laughs> or at least get a bunch of people having it on their cell phone too so we can get the ESPN plus views
3: exactly ESPN 3 for this so yeah oh, we're on one, okay. 3 for the linear games plus um, for everything else which uh, is all 520 odd events that, that we did the rest of the year yeah
0: So we're making it to the big time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. So I guess one of my last questions, I mean, you see the growth in attendance for both these teams. uh, in interest in this league, not just in local markets, but nationwide and even internationally. Now you have a lot of new teams coming into the league next season. What do you see this league becoming? in the next two to five years um
3: gosh bigger you know better stronger um the the quality of play in the four years that that i've been around this being my fourth cup final is night and day the quality of of the ownership groups and the effort they're putting in to give fans the best product and treat players better and Uh, The amount of work that that headquarters puts in in Tampa to to sort of, you know, allow this game to grow around the country the way it has is remarkable. Um, Does that mean I I think it'll be 40 teams? Do I think it's two conferences or three? And I think sometimes we we get buried in the semantics of it and and ignore the, the larger deal, which is. You know, Sacramento sold out most every home game again this year, and Phoenix is averaging seven, eight thousand fans a game. And you know, two years ago they were languishing away as Arizona United, and you know, Louisville's building a ten thousand seat soccer stadium, and you know that that's where it's going in the next two to five years. These these great ownership groups, great stadiums, um, you know, building rivalries that that come with time where it used to be that that teams were transient and would be in and out within a few years i mean you know for the most part those days are over you know these are these are real stable sports franchises and you know it's it's awe-inspiring because to be on the ground floor of this over the last few years and and watch this thing develop to the point that um it it almost doesn't look like it did then i mean i talked to Braden Cloutier, the head coach for Orange County, and he, you know, said we, we were training in a park, you know, four years ago, and here we are now playing in our own stadium and playing in a conference final and you know six thousand, five thousand fans, um, you know that that was unthinkable not too long ago. So, you know, the, the answer is two to five years. It, it's unthinkable. It's going to keep developing. It's going to get bigger, stronger, better. Um, and, and for the game, that, that's a fantastic thing.
0: Great stuff, man. Um, before we let you go, where can people find you on Twitter, anywhere else?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at Mike Watts on air on Twitter. Um, so if you're ready for <laughs> seeing my broadcast schedule play out, um, that, that's typically where you'll find it. And then, you know, look, Thursday – you know, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on ESPN2. I mean, this is, you know, in, in March when we first started hearing, you know, what the, the bracket of when the dates could be, um, you know, it was already on my calendar. So, you know, tell your friends, you know, there are going to be people that, that haven't been to, to Rising Soccer Complex, and this is going to be a chance for, you know, everybody in Phoenix to all line up behind one team and, and win a championship. And, um I mean, how special is that? So, yeah, you can find me Thursday. I know where you can find me Thursday. That that I know.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, and uh, be sure to slip a Scortez in there during that broadcast.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I need to make sure to ask it. It, it. Of course, that was that was Chris's mom was carrying that around, which I didn't know at first. Um, someone got in my ear, my producer, and said, hey, that's Chris's mom carrying that Scortez um. Uh. You know, billboard around, and uh, yeah, I. I desperately hope that that I'm able to talk about Scortez
0: All right, all right. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, and we're looking forward to hearing from you on Thursday for the USL Cup final.
3: Thanks, Dominic. Appreciate you.
0: Same. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.